111-101, final. Uh, Dallas Winton. We'll be back with you Monday. Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott, how are you? We're absolutely good. wonderful back here. Doing That's fine. Good. Just I, taking it in. I had yeah. a couple flashbacks, so Malik Fitz made his share of threes against us. So. Oh, you did right, St. Mary's. What are you, what's your thoughts on? Tell me a little bit more about his game. Uh, definitely is a intriguing guy. Was was a pretty highly recruited kid. Uh, went to to Brewster Academy as well, um, same as Donovan. And uh, but just felt like he got better year after year. He actually, um, I think he went out a year early, and that's why he's the property of the G League uh, there in L.A. But everything you talked about is he, he shoots the ball really well. He's got good size, good skill. Um, you know, just uh, he was he was a problem for us for sure. I'm not sure that I. I'm being a little sarcastic right now um, and a little serious all at the same time. I have post-traumatic syndrome on a basketball court from 6'8", 2'20", because the L.A. Clippers ran 6'8", 220, 6'8", 6'8", 6'8", at four of their five positions against us in the playoffs that I somehow have an affinity for 6'8", 220-pound <laughs> players now. Yeah, they, they seem to work really well for, for the Clippers, for sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how he, pardon the pun, fits in the plans. Oh, oh. Sorry, I tried it was bad. not to do it all I did, night. I know. But I, One of his jumpers I was going to call a perfect fit. That's probably better you leave it to the amateur here, David. Okay. You know what I mean? I just thought I had, I just, I'm a, I'm a so two-way broadcaster. It, cro- it crossed my mind, and I consciously left it out. Yeah, I, I, I just went for it. <laughs> I, you know, I got, who am I, who am I going to impress? Um, yeah, I got, a, I got a good line you're going to like at some point to, this year. I've been working on lines for you. Okay, well, um, you know we live for those. I went, I, I got a good LL Cool J lyric line that's going to slip into a broadcast at some point this year. Somehow Jake and I got on the Pointer Sisters tonight from last year. We were, like, oh, we were chuckling about the Tech Mobile. I love the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> I, I keep notes, man. We, I just keep, you know, we, I write these little things down. I can drop Pointer Sisters into broadcast if you need me to. I know. Do you remember? I know. Well, I told you his, their <laughs> you brother. Remember. What was their brother's name? Their brother's name. Uh, Daryl. No, come on. Derek. Nope. Fritz. I thought you took notes. Fritz. Fritz well, I didn't write Fritz. that down. Okay. You know Fritz Pointer. Play with Paul Silas. You know what, though? You know what you are? You're like the kid who comes home, but mom, dad, I took great no- I took all these notes. And they're like, well, you took the wrong notes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's that could be the story of my that could be my biography. I was there, but it didn't apply. <laughs> right, taking the wrong notes. Taking the wrong the notes. Tim the Tim Lacombe story. Yeah. It's kind of like right now. My son keeps calling home. It's like, how are you doing in college? It's so easy. We're like, gosh, that is like seriously like. <laughs> I guess what school is he at? Is he's like at one of me? the best schools <laughs> in the country. It's like, yeah, it's it's not hard. All the other kids have like five and six hours of homework, and I'm like done in 90 minutes. Hmm. And it's like, hmm. Well, I guess the, the first report card will tell the tale. Right. We're kind of waiting to see. Like, So either you were exceptionally well prepared at Roland Hall, or you don't seem to understand what the professors are looking for. We'll find out. Hey, I have one last question for you guys. Yeah. How is it to be on the road again? Oh, it's so great. Oh, my goodness. It's just so great. I just, like, 
I, I mean, just being here in the arena, you know, we're way up here in the Raptors. So what? You know, you're you know, there. Like, yeah. I can't even tell you. I talked to Mike. I had a conversation with Mike Conley. I'll bring for about five, ten minutes. I'll bring pieces of that all night, all season long. There were just a bunch of little pieces. I talked to Donovan today in what we ran as our pregame interview. In a like, I haven't talked to Donovan in six, like sixteen months. I mean, we've interchanged some communication, but we haven't talked in person and t- shared with him. I, you know, like just little stuff. Like I learned. Like here's a great little story. We'll just share it with you. Like for those who are still listening to this, is great. So I was on a boy on yesterday, and I was asking about his hobbies. And so soccer, American soccer, you know, soccer. What we, you know, soccer is his hobby. Like he's big into it. And I was like, like, how big? He's like, I'm like, who's your favorite club? And he was like, well, in Croatia, the hometown team, da, da, da. But, I mean, I go to Euro League finals and, you know, World, World League finals, whatever. It's, you know, I don't know, Premier League finals and all those things. And I was like, oh, like, when you go to a, so I said, well, like, when you go to a game, how do you go? Like, do you go as a fan? Do you use specials? Well, if I'm in Croatia, I go with my guys. I just get a regular ticket. I go to the events afterwards. I'm wearing my jersey. I'm in my group. But if I'm going to go to a EuroLeague final or Premier League final, then I'll go get a VIP in a suite or something like that. But it was like really, like that's a little tiny tidbit that tells you an awful lot about him too, right? Like when he's in Croatia, he's just one of the guys where he grew up. When he goes somewhere else, fine. I've made a lot of money. I'll use my wealth. I'll do what I need to do to have the best experience. I just thought it was a really revealing kind of anecdote that you get out of a guy that we haven't had. So it has been marvelous to be on the road. Awesome. Well, I great. did forget about the one thirty in the morning arrivals. <laughs> we got, like, I've slept seven hours, I think, every single night since the pandemic started. And uh, basically, and we arrived in Dallas at like one thirty in the morning, and I was having coffee with Igor at 8 o'clock the next morning, and I was like, oh, this is four and a half hours of sleep tonight. Great. So, other than that, it's fabulous. Should try coffee. have. I've had coffee with Igor twice. I had dinner with Alex Jensen and I had dinner with our new coach, Urban. I had dinner with Quinn. Like, it's been amazing. It's just the best. You asked the wrong question. You knew the answer. Yeah. Well, I was, I was actually. He, he, did, he didn't want all of that. David took he, all Ron's time. We'll find out how Ron good. feels later. Ron, how <laughs> do you like, great, the, how do you like sitting next to me on the plane every day? Oh, I, I missed it. So I really did. I really missed you, David. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time together during the pandemic, Ron. <laughs> did. <laughs> For like four months, you were the only person I would see, actually. Goodbye, guys. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs> 111 to 101 is your final Jazz Game Night postgame show. Kicks off next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. <clears throat> Jig Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. 111 101 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight in Dallas to the Mavericks. But... Uh, Coach Lacombe, that was, I mean, Jazz were obviously shorthanded. Uh, they were missing a lot of their rotational players, and I, I thought we saw several good performances from young guys out there, and I thought this team actually played really hard. Yeah, really kind of the first part of the game, and Ron alluded to it the first quarter, there was a really good rhythm. Uh, Jazz played with great energy. I, I think I mentioned to you a couple times the ball pressure and the way, the way that guys were really um, in the right spot defensively uh, and, and active. Uh, I love the way the ball moved around. Uh, there was a ton of uh, <clears throat> good motion, but just good decisions, not a ton of turnovers. The other night we talked about that first game. It was just kind of discombobulated, never gotten a rhythm. 
this game kind of started in a good rhythm. And um, then, you know, as the as players started to kind of be taken out, it kind of became a summer league game late. But I, I really did think in the guts of the game, the team that the Jazz put out there tonight really competed well. And how about Jared Butler? Had a nice game in game number one against San Antonio and had another nice one tonight. 22 points, 9 of 18 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3, 4 assists in 30 minutes. And, man, you you can see why the Jazz certainly were very excited that he fell to them in the second round because he, he seems like he can play. Yeah, he's got he's got a great feel for the game. I think the thing that's most impressive to me is it's not as though he just is coming out and making every shot. Um, you know, he's playing through, uh, you know, had four assists tonight and four turnovers. But I just feel like the, like you said, the impact that he has on the game, his ability to kind of compete physically, and um, and then his ability to score. You know, the Jazz really need uh, somebody that's, that can be physical on the defensive end uh, and have an understanding there, but also to be able to come in and help score the ball. So Butler's been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, again, a guy that the Jazz – did a great job researching and understanding the situation. And, and uh, you know, as Quinn said, they understood kind of what the risks were and felt comfortable going after it. You know, Locke and Boone were saying, and I think they're right on, I thought tonight Fitz uh, is playing for that two-way position and, and uh, has an opportunity to get that. I think uh, Butler is the one playing for rotational minutes. So both those guys maybe took a step forward toward that. Yeah, Fitz, Fitz played well. In 23 minutes, he made four threes, and he's capable of doing that. Um, you know, his it, it, certainly his timing's good because the, the Jazz are taking a look at all of these options uh, for him to step in and play well. The other guy that I know they're intrigued by is, is Derek Alston Jr. Um, you know, he's uh, he didn't play. He only played a few minutes tonight, but a, another guy that's been an interesting uh, kind of a s- s- side story in terms of you know, a guy who's long and active and athletic, uh, just kind of looking for the opportunity to get a chance. All right. Uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast coming your way uh, Monday night when the Jazz will take on the New Orleans uh, Pelicans right here in this building at Vivid Arena. Tip-off coming your way at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game sound. We'll continue to break this one down next. Jazz fall tonight in Dallas, 111-101. to 101. More straight ahead on the Jazz Radio Network. Catch and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Postgame Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz Game Night Postgame Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. 111-101 is your final Jazz fall tonight to the Dallas Mavericks in their second preseason game. They are now 0-2. But, of course, uh, the Jazz missing uh, uh, a lot of their rotational players. No uh, Coach Lacombe, no Rudy Gay, no Bogdanovich, no Whiteside, no uh, Gobert, no Conley, no Ingles, no Mitchell, meaning lots of opportunity for other players. And as we talked about in the last segment, Thought uh, they played really hard, led by uh, Jared Butler's 22 points, but you had several players in double figures. Royce O'Neal, 12, all in the first half. Pascal had 13. 
fits, as we talked about in the last segment, had 12, and Elijah Hughes uh, had 11 on 4 of 11 shooting and also added uh, three assists and three rebounds. Doak, uh, coming in off the bench, had five points and two or three shooting, but nabbed 14 rebounds in 24 minutes and only three personal fouls for Doak in 24 minutes. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, good basketball, the way the Jazz attacked. Um, definitely could tell that, that Coach Snyder encouraged them to space the floor, penetrate, and shoot it. Um, they got 52 threes up. I know they had 31 at halftime, so it was that was part of the game plan. I think a couple of things I take from this uh, kind of got a preview of what a, a small ball type lineup would look like in terms of structure. Certainly, you can interchange pieces, but if you consider that Conley and Mitchell, um, you know, are out there with the the likes of Ingles and, and Bogdanovich, and then maybe a, a Pascal at the five, you know, what the Clippers did to the Jazz last year perhaps doesn't have as big a bearing. And the Jazz just didn't have a whole lot of options to play that way last year. So I think that's one piece I take. The other one, um, just the imp- how impressed I am with Jared Butler. I know we talked about it, but uh, just his impact on the overall game, not just the fact that he can make shots, uh, but the fact that he can kind of really run the offense, get into ball screens, make decisions, and get other guys' shots as well. So uh, I think there's a lot of good things there. Some moments with, um, with Doak that were good, you know, cu- a couple of lobs like we saw this summer. Um, but these are all just really good things for these younger players to have uh, these amount of minutes early in the preseason and get it, to get a feel for, uh, you know, how they might help and fit in. Yeah, I, I think the one thing about Jared Butler that is most encouraging to me, and what do I know, but uh, the, the Dallas really had a tough time staying in front of him. I mean, he was beating his guy pretty regularly. And again, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, but that's where the Jazz were a little bit thin last year, you know, particularly if Mike Conley wasn't playing. They had a tough time finding a, you know, a reserve role who could come in in those few minutes and, uh, you know, Donovan or Joe are resting and, and initiate the offense, beat their guy, get the blender going, all those things. And uh, maybe Butler is a guy that can do that. He certainly looked like he could tonight. Yeah, and he can kind of do it his way, you know, a little bit different than the way Donovan does it and Mike does it. But uh, definitely it's kind of the story of the, of the preseason as far as the, the emergence of a guy like Jared Butler. Certainly he's doing it in the preseason, but it's against NBA talent, and uh, it's exciting to, to figure out how he will fit into the plans. All right, let's go back to Dallas and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Personally, by necessity, you're a pretty small lineup out there and switching one through five, and I'm curious kind of how you thought that one. Um, I thought our activity was really good. There, there were some times we broke down with our communication or we didn't get underneath a roller, um, you know, but I, I thought that um, by and large for, you know, having not done that one through five before, we've obviously switched one through four. Um, guys did a pretty good job. And I, I thought we, whatever breakdowns we had, we really made up for with um, our activity. Seems like there are a few sessions in the past season over, I guess, including some when you watched Elijah play, that he's really crisp when he's passing the perimeter or when he's taking out from inside. But when he's making interior passes, he just seems like kind of caught up, I think. How do you get a guy to have sequence of interior passing? Well, he, I think the fact that he's getting in the lane in itself is is a good thing. And that those are tough plays to make when they come in a small space. And that's why, you know, Mike and Donovan and Joe and those guys um, 
but that takes some time. You know, I think he's conscious of it. He's making really quick decisions, which is why he's getting in the lane and, you know, just really, it's like repetitions because those, those situations are really hard to drill, but he's really, I think, making an effort. And the biggest thing he's doing is he's trying to defend. What have you made of those first couple games? Preseason? You know, it's preseason and, you know, everybody's kind of trying to continue to find their way. Different lineups are playing. Um, you know, we just want to, as much as anything, get him the opportunity to play and, Kind of like we're talking about with with you know Elijah, you know being in situations to try to have reps and and get experience playing. Good Can we go to Zoom? Zoom, Eric Walden, Solid Tribune. Thank you. With uh, so many of the regular rotation guys sitting out tonight, what were kind of your goals going into this game? What were you uh, specifically trying to accomplish tonight? Well, I, I thought we wanted to see the ball move more than it did the other night. You know, we had 20 assists in the in the first half and the second half we didn't make as many shots. But um, as much as anything, just kind of continue to reinforce the way that we want to play, um, even with some guys that, are, that that may not be habitual yet for them. But the, the primary thing is just wanted to see us compete. And I, and I thought we did that. And Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn Elijah's, I he only had three tonight, but he had, what, six or eight rebounds in his first game. What does having a guy who can hit the three and spread the floor that also rebounds and kind of play a little bit bigger, what does that do for your team? Well, you know, Elijah, like a few of our guys, you know, missed out on a year last year um, without having the opportunity to, to play minutes in the D League. So I think that you know, for him to be able to get out there and just get experience playing and, and finding those situations and understanding, you know, what it what it takes to, to contribute on a team. Sometimes there's, you know, you have to find a fit and, you know, going to the offensive glass, running the court, you know, playing defense, rebounding, all those things that, that you're mentioning, you know, those are ways you get on the floor. And sometimes you you do them and there's other guys in front of you that are also doing them. And it's, it's hard to crack a lineup or rotation, but you know, that's the way you get better. And that's what he's trying to do. He's focused on those things. The last question, right? Hey coach, obviously you went small tonight with Eric as your starting center. Just wanted to get your, you know, and say, how do you think he played tonight? Do you think he more than held his own against Dallas's big lineup? Yeah, I, I thought collectively, you know, I mentioned our activity anytime that, that, you know, you're, you're playing small like that, particularly against a team that, that like Dallas that has size, um, you know, it, it can't be one guy in a matchup situation. And I, I thought, you know, his activity on the defensive end coupled with, you know, Royce and JC, we were coming up with some, you know, some loose balls and some rebounds that um, we had to do that collectively. And, um, you know, with Eric, the, you know, understanding our bigs are so consistently rolling um, and him trying to mix in popping and rolling and doing some of those things. It's just, you know, there, there's a process there. But, you know, again, I, I think true of Eric, just like, you know, our group, I thought I, I just liked the way he competed. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder talking about the game tonight. Jazz fall uh, to the Mavericks 111-101. What stood out to you from Coach's comments tonight, Coach Lacombe? Well, he he talked about, you know, the kind of the 
just the process of the preseason and that everybody is out there trying to figure out, um, you know, with different lineups and playing with different guys, how, how it's all going to f- work. Uh, certainly putting a ton of time in and practice to get the system in place and just uh, probably the most important thing right now is getting guys feeling good. Uh, I like the comment that he made about, you know, asked about switching one through five, that small ball lineup. Again, it, it talks about a couple things. So Quinn said, you know, the guys are used to switching one through four because we've done that, haven't done a lot of one through five. So, again, pushing the envelope, doing things he hasn't done before because it works, and he's figuring out, you know, the best way to approach that. And then, um, you know, his, his comment about any mistake they made, perhaps on any scheming that they really kind of made up for that in hustle, which is the energy that we talked about. It's a good sign. Yeah. Said the ball moved better too. And I, I feel it did too. I thought it, it really moved around well and guys were were making the right play. Yep. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Jazz fall tonight in Dallas to the Mavericks, 111-101. We'll have more next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post-game show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, post-game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your story at markmillersubaru.com. Your final 111-101 Jazz fall tonight uh, to the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. uh, Preseason game uh, number two. Let's get to uh, the points in the paint tonight, uh, Tim. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Did that read better tonight than I did last time? Uh, points in the paint. Let's see. Jazz outscored 58 to 46. How surprising. Uh, a little bit. Because Boban was not dominating the paint. He was draining threes. He was draining threes. Yeah, where did that come from? I don't know. And, the, and the Dallas bench was abs- – well, I guess Dallas everything was was loving that. The big fella. Two for two from three. And didn't even hesitate on the second one. It was a pick and pop, and it was gone before – like, it, he caught it in midair and let that thing go. It was like one-timed. And then, what, three, four plays later, Willie Colley-Stein tried the same thing, and it was like, nope. Nope, that ain't well, it. And he fumbled the ball to begin with, but he just felt pressure. The big guys had to shoot it. This Bobon's making He's it. He's making it. I, like, I've got to. I've got to keep pace. I'm competing for a spot here. Got to be dropping threes. I don't know if that's Bobon or Willie's game, but uh, Bobon knocked down a couple of them cold. Bobon has a career in acting. He, he does. Just be the bad guy in every movie. Every single one. He looks like a supervillain. He really does. And I don't know which will pay more, that or kind of being the enforcer. You know, back on the streets. I don't know which is going to pay more, but that's what the he muscle. needs to do. The muscle. He's going to muscle. Imagine <laughs> muscle. that dude walk, being a bouncer. Oh. Like, you wouldn't try anything. You'd listen to every word every he word says. Every word he says. Every, every single time. Uh, yeah, so uh, Dallas gets the Jazz in uh, in points in the paint. But I, I thought the Jazz did a nice job, you know, breaking the paint tonight. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned in the uh, in the last segment, they took 52 three, uh, threes. And I thought most of them were pretty good looks. 
I mean, I, there were a couple of step backs where maybe you cringed just a little bit, but I thought for the most part the offense did a nice job generating uh, open shots and open threes. And as we uh, talked about in the last segment, Quinn Snyder was uh, pleased with the ball movement. It's such a fine line because you want you want the guys to be free. You want them to play. Um, you know, his philosophy a lot of the times is make sure and let it fly. He's really kind of defined the shots that they're looking for, and as long as um, you know guys kind of learn where those shots come and how they come in the offense when the ball moves like that. That's, that's, it's kind of a thing of beauty. And, and, and um, you can see just like last year, there were moments and I felt like the jazz got into that in the first half where movement and understanding where to be on the floor, the spacing had really improved from game one to game two. And I, you know, that's just a process. We'll get uh, more sound for you coming up here shortly back in Dallas. But speaking of Dallas, how'd you, what'd you think about how the Mavericks played? We didn't see much of their rotational guys in the second half. Uh, we saw, interestingly enough, their entire roster except for Trey Burke. Uh, and uh, Coach Kidd said Trey was their emergency player tonight, and he will play in their preseason game on Friday. But uh, saw a lot of young guys in the second half. But overall, uh, uh, impressions from Dallas? Well, it's going to be... Very similar to what we've seen. I don't think they they made a whole lot of change. They really kind of doubled down um, on the Luca and Porzingis duo, and they're really going to you know they're going to kind of stand pat. They're going to play fairly similar, and certainly the ball is going to be in Luca's hands. This team will be will be competitive. They'll be really good, but I don't know at the end of the day if they have enough just physical and toughness and depth to be the type of team that competes for, you know, much beyond the first round. I got to agree with you. Like we talked about uh, in the pregame, I think they might still be a couple of pieces away. I'm not sure if Porzingis is a great fit. I I think Tim Hardaway Jr. had a great year last year. He's, he's a fine player, but I don't know if he's, is he the number three on a contending team? And it it feels like we're insulting him when we say things like that, but that, I mean, that's a really high standard. Can you be the, the third best player, the third option, uh, on a contending team. You have to be a really good player to do that. I don't know if Tim Hardaway Jr. is there yet. Yeah, and the crazy thing, you start talking about that with the Jazz, and there's certain there's number of guys you could kind of say who actually is third, right? Right. Um, whereas Dallas, you're kind of hunting for that. And so, yeah, I, I think there there is probably, again, a little bit still a depth issue there and and still a toughness. How, how are they really, at the end of the day, are they going to be able to guard um, successfully, you know, teams that they have to beat. Uh, Jazz do lose, though, tonight to the Dallas 111-101. Um, it was interesting the Jazz were forced to go small tonight, of course. They didn't have uh, Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside. Eric Paschal got the start at center. You heard Coach Snyder talk a little bit about his performance specifically, but also uh, the lack of familiarity with uh, having switching one through five, as you talked a little bit about uh Coach Snyder um, in, in his comments, but that is some that was part of the motivation for the offseason moves that they made. The players they brought in, and specifically Pascal, but but Rudy Gay, I think you can put it in that category as well. You know that that is really an interesting part of tonight's game because that's something that they're going to want to learn. That's that's a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, I think it's actually a great comparison to think that you know Dallas and Utah had successful years. Um, Dallas kind of chose to stand pat. The Jazz, they didn't they didn't complete do an overhaul. They kept the majority of the pieces, but the pieces they did add in my mind were for the very thing we're talking about. How flexible can you be? How deep are you really? 
um, when it comes to the playoffs. So to be able to go get a couple of guys that are hybrid, you know, a guy like Rudy Gay and Pascal, um, and then certainly, you know, a guy with a talent to Jared Butler. So the Jazz probably in the offseason become a tad bit more versatile, flexible, and hopefully a little deeper. Let's go back to Dallas. Let's get some player sound for you. Let's start with Jazz rookie Jared Butler. Jared, uh, Quintel is uh, one of the things he wants to see from you this preseason is just your ability to run the floor, especially, you know, push the ball in transition. Yeah. You did that a little bit tonight, and I'm curious kind of how difficult that is um, from, you know, kind of your point of view. Um, it's def- it's just um, me getting adjusted to the speed of the game. Um, in college, there's longer possessions, and, you know, we, we kind of like, okay, side side to side, you know, ball reversal paint, you know. So, um uh, it's just about me getting adjusted and, and speed of the game. Mm-hmm. What are some things that Um, for the most part, is um spacing wise, um getting like when I'm running the floor, getting deep in the corner instead of sitting standing at the break. Um, just some some reads that I made off the ball screen, but I think all in all, they they were um, pretty pleased with my game. You know. Um, I think I've improved this game just just like knowing like you know um, how many pin downs and ball screens and stuff like that. I think I've improved a little bit today, but um, you know it's just about getting adjusted to the game. You know it's a lot of ball screens, it's like a lot of pin downs, a lot of it. So um, that's that's just what I'm trying to do. How much stuff around your body doesn't make it that you know, you've got a 20 Um, it's. <laughs> I can see how it can just the season and uh, the monotonous of it can can kind of get to you, but um, it's so fun though being out there and um, you know the people you love watching too is, is um, just amazing. So uh, I'm gonna get used to it for sure. Players, people want to ask you this after every game, but you gave yourself a six on Monday. Yeah, yeah. How about uh, I think seven point five. <laughs> seven point five. All right, we got one on Zoom. Eric Walden. Hey, Jared. So a lot of the focus thus far has been kind of about the adjustments that you're having to make offensively. Uh, how do you feel you're doing defensively? What have, what have kind of the challenges been there? Um, like I said, um, a lot of spacing, um, a lot of guys like I'm playing against professional scores. So, um, you know, a lot of times guys just make tough buckets that I just can't do nothing about. Um, but I just want to be in a stance, um, be just um, ready to move. And uh, I think that's the two things that I'm working on, being in the stance and um, being ready to react off pin downs and ball screens, stuff like that. Uh, looks like we have another question from Naya Campbell. Hey, Jared. So the Baylor Bears were... Uh, <laughs> uh, the Baylor Bears were deep in the house tonight. And so I just want to know, how did it feel to have that support um, now as an NBA player? Yeah, it feels great. Um, you know, as basketball players, you get kind of lonely. And, um, you know, just... My, oh man, it's, it's just great. And my parents were here too. So it was uh, just phenomenal to know that they were here. And I, I played an okay game too. So that, that helped out a lot. All right. And one, sorry, one more, Ryan McDonald. Ryan? Jared, uh, what, what, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, just, obviously, you, you've gotten off to the start you have, and you could use the, the caveat, oh, it's just preseason, but. What has it been like getting off to the start that you've gotten off to? How, how are you internalizing that you've gotten off to such a great start? Yeah, um, I think it's just been um, 
just confidence. Um, I'm real big on, you know, how do I feel out there? How, how, what type of player am I going to be in this league? And, um, getting off to a good start is good because that kind of just sets the tone for, um, just my, my whole trajectory and where I want to be. And, and, um, I, th- I think being coming, coming to a good start is, is great for me. All right, there you go. That's Jazz rookie Jared Butler, who was once again uh, terrific tonight. 22 points, 9 of 18 shooting. He had four assists. Uh, he was 3 of 7 from 3, just active, handled the ball. Uh, the The word Coach Schneider used uh, talking about him was decisive. And that's, what, that's a great quality in a player. Uh, oftentimes, Coach Schneider talks about making a decision in point five, whether to, sh- to dribble and drive, shoot, or pass. And um, you certainly have to be decisive, Part of being decisive is understanding what your options are, and I think Butler sees the floor and knows what his options are, and that's why it's easy for him to make the right play. All right, we'll have more sound from the locker room coming up next. Post game is brought to you by our friends Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and have a unique story to share. Read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at Mark Miller. Su- or excuse me, mysubaruis.com. That's mysubaruis.com. Your final score, 111-101. Jazz fall to the Mavericks in Dallas. We'll have more for you straight ahead. Stay tuned. It is the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, Mark Miller Subaru is featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share your Subaru story at markmillersubaru.com. We will get you more sound from the locker room coming up here shortly, but let's get a look at your master of the glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 uh, to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Udoka Azabuki, who had 14 rebounds in 24 minutes. Royce O'Neal had eight rebounds in the first half alone, so he was doing a nice job on the boards. But uh, Doke out there. And uh, that's that's a way that somebody like Doke can affect the game, you know, right away in an easy fashion. Go out there and board. There's always a need for somebody to, to clean the glass. And uh, Doke does a great job of it. Unbelievably great hands, un- uh, great athletic burst, and then certainly moves bodies when he moves around. So those typically make great rebounders. I love that. Uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard's such a weird guy, but I think it's funny that his his little saying in college was, board man gets paid. Oh, yeah. And it's true, right? There's been plenty of guys who have made a, a great living, um, not known for their shooting, but their hustle and their rebounding. Um, Dennis Rodman comes to mind, right? Uh, it was absolutely just relentless on the glass, and that's how kind of how he made his name in the game. And he, at one point during his career, he had, tried to score the basketball, you know, tried to be at least functional offensively. I think it's hilarious that he just gave that up, basically. He by wouldn't the time even he got look to, at the basket. Yeah, by the time he got to the Bulls, he wouldn't even shoot. It didn't matter. That's but, not what he was there to do. But you better block him out. Right. That's for sure. And even if you do, there's he's a good still, chance he's coming down. With no, him. no doubt. So 
again, that's a, you said it, that's a great way to find the floor, you know, a uh, great story, but I think I've told this before, but Al McGuire used to, when he would recruit kids, um, you know, he told me, he'd tell a kid, you want to make a million dollars? The kids say, yeah, well, come play for me at Marquette. So the kids show up, how do I make my million dollars? We're not going to run a play for you, but you need to score 10 points a game. And how do you think you're going to do that? Uh, kids like uh, rebound. Yeah, exactly. Go figure out how to rebound and rebound better than anyone else, and you will find a job in the NBA. Zal Paul Millsap found his way into the Jazz rotation as a rookie second-round draft pick under Jerry Sloan of all coaches who notoriously didn't play rookies. But if you can rebound, you, you're going to find your way onto the floor. And it really is like each one of these guys is is coming at this differently, but um, the mindset they need all need to have these young guys is how can I – do something really well that this team needs uh, because it's got the star power. Um, you know, it's got all the hype, uh, certainly a ton of respect, but there's little little areas that guys can make a difference. Rebounding is one of them. Yep. Um, defense is certainly perimeter defense is another huge one, and, you know, there's guys out there that are going to get that opportunity. Let's go back to Dallas. Let's hear some more player sound. Let's hear from Malik Fitz. <laughs> Just kind of what was your reaction to that and, um, I thought it was pretty, you know, you know, pretty cool. Um, you know, knowing how great he is of a basketball player, you know, give me an opportunity to, um, you know, show my defensive skill. Um, he made some tough buckets, but uh, overall, I thought it was pretty cool to, you know, guard one of the best in the league. Are, are he talking to you at that point, or like, what is that? You know, are you trying to talk to him? Like, I don't know, trash talk not the right word, but like, what is that kind of like? I guess emotional relationship like again? No, I just told him. I was still there. He had a, it was a good shot, but um, no trash talking. Any more? Sir? I'm here. Okay. Well, I, one, I, on, uh, sorry, I'll keep going. Uh, well, obviously, a three-point shot was long tonight, and that, uh, that's a huge part of success in this league. How do you feel about that shot, and um, what do you want to keep working on? Um, that's something that I always, uh, you know, look to continue to get better at, uh, that and on the defensive end, um, because you know how important it is. Uh, now, you know, today's game, you know, everybody can shoot the threes. Now you can see Boban hit two for two. So uh, you can definitely see the transition on uh, the NBA um, with the threes. And, you know, that's something that I work on every single day. You know, I just want to continue to get better at it. What are your goals for the rest of the year? Uh, you know, just stay, you know, stay consistent. We know my routine and, um, you know, continue to build on, you know, every single day, learn from the vets um, and then just continue to, um, you know, get my game, you know, make sure I do the right things and then just continue to just, you know, bring a good energy and good effort every single day. All right, there you go. That's Malik Fitz, who was great tonight. 12 points, four of seven shooting. You heard him talking about making the three ball. He was four of five from three at a rebound, three assists and a steal. And, uh, you know, if he's the, – the Jazz have an open two-way player slot, and uh, if, if that's what he's going for. He had a nice night tonight. No, he did, and I can promise you this. He understands how to play. He's coached by one of the best, in my opinion, the best college basketball coaches in the country and Randy Bennett, who spends a ton of time on the fundamentals and uh, being, you know, the importance of blockouts and being in a stance and, um, and helping the helper, all those different things you hear. But uh, definitely well-schooled, and it doesn't hurt that he, he stepped out there and made four threes. That, that certainly helps his cause. Oh, yeah, Randy Bennett has shown he can coach a little bit. He, um, unfortunately, I was on the, the wrong end of many of the, much of that. But uh, as, as they always say, you know, uh, you compete 
like crazy, but you step off the floor and, and Randy's a, a great guy who's become a, a really good friend and, and mentor for me in my life. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, the relationship I have with Coach Bennett, but he, you know, Malik Fitz is just a byproduct being a really good player and then having great coaching. Well, Locke uh, talked about his size, and, you know, if, if he can be a player and make some shots, you know, if you're 6'8", 230 pounds, and you're athletic, you know, you can have a nice career in the NBA because that's versatility right there. If you can play a bunch of different positions, you know, there there definitely could be a future for somebody like that if you've got the right work ethic and, and can develop. So, I mean, that's, that's certainly promising, a player that size, and he played well tonight. It's, it's where the league's moving, too. I mean, we're going to see a lot more of what we saw tonight from the Jazz. Smaller lineups probably more of the time. Making the other team have to counter and match because there's only so, so many teams that can do that uh, at a really high level. So it's just another opportunity to attack a team and perhaps one of their weaknesses. All right, let's keep the post-game sound train rolling. Let's go back to Dallas and now hear from Elijah Hughes. Elijah, I was asking uh, Quinn what he thought about the situation because I've seen you make really good reads, really crisp passes when you kick out or mm-hmm. when you're passing around the perimeter, but it seems like you have a little bit of trouble making interior reads. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you're coming along there, and how do you get better with something like that other than just getting on the floor? Uh, just day by day, uh, working with uh, Keon and Coach Keon and Steve, Coach Steve, uh, <clears throat> just breaking down little things, watching a lot of film. And ripping it out in my workouts and uh, just taking everything day by day. Monday, the first game, you get the chance to play with the starting lineup. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. that like? And what's an adjustment? That adjustment has somewhere. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, I didn't really know until close to the game, pretty close to the game. So it was just pretty cool um, to get in there and experience it and uh, know that the guys have my back. Just told me to just relax, be myself. So it, it was pretty neat. Okay. Bye, Okay, I wasn't sure if I could hear you guys. Um, hey, Elijah. So with sure. these two preseason games now under your belt, um, what do you? What are your biggest takeaways from these two games? Um, just sprint and spacing, quick reads, just uh, jazz basketball. Just trying to you know find my way. You know, uh, coming from college, you know, I had the, I was I had the ball all the time. I was very ball dominant. <clears throat> so just trying to shifting. How do I play? And uh, just making a quick read and just playing the way. Jet, Utah Jazz play. Eric Walden, Hey, Elijah. No Rudy tonight. No Hassan. You guys start Eric at the five, play a lot of small ball. How do you feel like it went, uh, particularly on the defensive end? Um, we had a couple breakdowns here and there. Uh, you know, we had a lot of new guys in today, just trying to get a feel for each other. But uh, a lot of good things to take away and a lot of you know stuff to learn from. So just trying to build, like I said, everything day by day. And I uh, just take it. One day at a time. Just given that you guys haven't done a whole lot of one through five switching before, what was that process like? Was it? Do you feel like you're pretty far along in understanding what you need to do there, or, or how's that working for you guys? Uh, it's just something that we got to keep working on every day. Um, you know, it's not gonna happen overnight, and uh, it's new for us. You know, we have a lot of guys who we can we feel like we can switch, and you know, have guys as guard. So that's something we're gonna experiment, and we're just working on it. Jay Cash, 12 yeah, I just wanted to ask you, kind of similar to Eric's question, you're coming from, you came from a zone-heavy team in college. What's been the biggest adjustment to defending at the NBA level for you? Um, just being dialed in every moment, um, especially, you know, with guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, those kind of guys. You know, you got to always have your head on a swivel and know where those guys are at with uh, chasing and stuff like that. 
And um, <clears throat> it has been an adjustment, like you said, but I feel like I'm making progress and moving in the right direction. All right, there you go. Elijah Hughes. And Elijah tonight didn't get the start like he did game number one, but he got 19 minutes, 11 points, four of 11, shooting three of nine from three, three assists and three rebounds. Um, he talked about it himself, and then Jake Hatch asked him uh, a, another aspect. But coming out of college, uh, very do- ball-dominant player, like he said. I mean, he had, had the ball in his hands the whole time, and then at Syracuse they play that 2-3 zone, which is uh, certainly – well, it's not unique, I guess, but uh, is is not the concept he's going to play with the Utah Jazz, and it it is. You can see the talent, and the athleticism there with him, but he's the the game and scheme adjustments have to be a learning curve for sure. Yeah, I saw some improvement even from game one to game two in a couple areas. I thought his shot selection was a little better tonight. Um, he is a guy who can, you know, by virtue of his ability, can probably get a shot um, most of the time, and so he's kind of got a become a little bit more selective in the shots that he takes. And I felt like he did a better job there tonight. Um, I believe he can be a pretty good defender. Uh, I think it's a valid point that he played zone. I do know in atten- ha- having attended a few clinics uh, as a young coach and heard Coach Beheim, uh speak about his zone, uh, the interesting fa- thing is they spend about a, a month just guarding man-to-man and kind of understanding those principles. Um but then they they go to that zone, and my thought is that you know probably that first month is forgotten, <laughs> three weeks later, and and the zone is a completely different thing. So there is some adjustment uh, on the defensive end for Elijah, both scheme and then just the the ty- type of athlete that he's being asked to guard on the wing. I I find his game intriguing. I mean maybe he plays his way onto the roster and into a role, and and we'll see what happens, but. I, I liked the draft pick when he made it, and I, I still think he's a somewhat intriguing uh, player and could fill a need for the Jazz. I don't know if it's uh, going to fill the need this year, but I think he could have a future with the club. There's, uh, it's, it's great to have options, and um, the Jazz have stacked up some really good players. Uh, it, it's great to have guys fighting for minutes. Um, and, you know, the, the two guys we just talked about, a guy like Malik Fitz, um, you know, a guy like Elijah Hughes, to be able to, you know, get out there and, and have to fight every single day against um, the Jazz guys, it's just going to make everybody better. Uh, and so I agree with you. I'm intrigued by him, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of things that he seems to be improving on from year one to year two. Coach Snyder said it. He did not get your typical uh, rookie season with tryouts, summer league, all that stuff. So uh, a lot of this you kind of have to understand there's a little bit of – progress that he's missed that he'd probably have by you know at this point in, in a career 111 to 101 is your final jazz fall tonight in dallas to the mavericks post game brought to you by mark miller subaru the my subaru is campaign features real stories from real mark miller subaru customers subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share read some of the mark miller uh, subaru owner stories and share your own at mysubaruis.com. We'll get uh, Coach's final thoughts on this one. We'll get your play of the game as well coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Boban, left corner three is good! Boban for three! Preseason is marvelous! Yes! You play the game tonight, as it should be. Bobon knocking down a corner three. Play the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. 
LHMauto.com, driven by you. 111-101 is your final. The Mavericks beat the Jazz. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Uh, read some of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at Mark MySubaruIs.com. All right, Coach Lacombe, let's uh, let's get a final a few final thoughts from you on this one before we close the book on preseason game number two. Okay, before we do that, any idea what Boban shoots from three as a percentage? You probably for his that. career. Yeah. Oh man, it's got to be low. I don't know what what would you say, Alex? Should we say what like 15 percent? I I actually think it's probably higher because I think he doesn't. He doesn't take a he lot. He doesn't take a lot. Yeah, and yeah. so that usually when it's when he does take them, it's in this kind of scenario where he was 100% tonight. All right. All right. What's the number? 26%. All right. So Alex was was a little bit more on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, they were acting as though it never happened or it doesn't happen often. And uh, But he'll shoot it. He went back to back on them and felt pretty good doing it. He's intriguing. Um, no, I, I thought it was a positive night. If, if you look at the preseason as a whole, the Jazz uh, accomplished what they needed to. Everybody got through the game unscathed, uh, no injuries. The, the young guys got an opportunity to compete against a, a starting lineup and really kind of held their own. The first half, it was a five-point game. Uh, the Jazz did some really good things offensively. Felt like the defense, they learned a bunch tonight. Uh, talked Coach Snyder talked about it. They, they implemented a, a switch one through five with that small lineup. That's only going to be beneficial going uh, down the road as they, as they, you know, use a guy like Rudy Gay and Pascal. Um, the guards get an opportunity to understand, uh, you know, what it entails to switch all those screens instead of, uh, you know, not switching that five screen. So definitely some, some scheme things that were good. But most importantly, and we talked touched on this, it was the energy, the activity, the way that they shared the ball, it looked like jazz basketball tonight. The first night was kind of an outlier, strange feel, hard to get a rhythm tonight. Uh, regardless of the people out, the players out there looked like jazz basketball. Absolutely, and players that really had their heart in it. I mean, that's it's kind of the fun part about preseason, I guess. You know, it's it's not all that glamorous because we didn't see the the big guns out there. We didn't see Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, uh, but we see players that are going out there and playing for a spot putting their heart out there and, and playing hard and taking advantage of an opportunity. I mean, it, it is fun to watch. No, it's great. It's, it's akin to, I remember I got so into video games as a kid. It was always sports video games and, you know, like uh, Madden. I had to have the new Madden every single year. Oh, yeah. And there wasn't much deviation, but there was just enough. Like the stadiums were a little cooler and you, or the college football game, you know, the NCAA college football game. You yeah. could start to see the makings of, uh, Rice Eccles Stadium or, or Cougar Stadium at the time. Or the, then they put in Dynasty Mode. Yeah, I put in Dynasty yeah. Mode, which was really cool, and you could go out and recruit guys. But my point is, I think that's, that. you know, every year the preseason becomes kind of like that. It's the new model of the team that you love, and you're going to, you know, for, for jazz geeks like the rest of us, to see Butler and do the, you know, do the things he did tonight, it's got to make you feel good to see – Doke, um, you know, making strides. Elijah Hughes, we talked about. So just how is this model going to be different from last year? Um, I think it's going to be a fun ride. Really excited to see how the competition within the team, um, you know, almost makes this team better. You know, I'm just picturing uh, young Coach Lacombe, beanbag chair, 
Oh. Paddle in hand, playing a little Madden, rocking the Pointer Sisters. No Pointer Sisters. No? Uh, probably some Accept or, or okay. uh, you know, some some kind of he- anthrax back in the day. That's what I listen I listen to angry stuff. I see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jared Butler, you mentioned he, he led the way for the Jazz tonight. He was very good. 22 points, 9 of 18 shooting, 4 assists. But other good performances as well. Uh, we heard... Uh, sound earlier from Malik Fitz, who was good tonight. 12 points, 4 of 7 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3. He had 3 assists and a rebound as well. Uh, Eric Paschal with 13 points. He got the start at center tonight in 28 minutes. Royce O'Neal with 12 points and 8 boards, uh, getting that done all in the first half. Jordan Clarkson had 9 points. Uh, again, he played all in the first half. So, you know, we definitely saw. Oh, uh, Doak, 14 boards tonight. Our master of the glass. Can't forget that uh, to go along with, uh, with 5 points for Doak as well. So, Good effort from the young players on this Utah Jazz roster. Uh, I think Coach Snyder should be proud, you know, and is probably proud of the young guys. Um, it was an interesting battle tonight uh, going up against one of the league's best players, but certainly the Jazz, young Jazz tonight kind of held their own and, and did a nice job competing against the Mavericks. All right, we want to say big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone calling all the action tonight, doing a fine job as always. Thanks to Alex Lemberg, Lundy, our boy, executive producer of uh, Jazz Game Night. No broadcast assistants to thank as of yet. When do they get here next week? Uh, I believe that Monday is orientation. Oh, man, we got to run them through the ringer, Lundy. I mean, really set a standard. You know, that's what I think. Just kidding, of course. Uh, thanks to the title sponsor of the post game. That's Mark Miller Subaru. Want to remind you the My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some uh, of the Mark Miller Subaru owner stories and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Coach Lacombe, fun as always. Good we're times. Start, we're starting to get in a rhythm here, the three of us again. We're getting there. Um, it's preseason for us too, you know. I definitely learned some some Tolkien tonight from our yeah. good friend Alex, and I Alex. geeked out. Yeah, uh, and I just kind of sat back and like that's when I told you guys. You guys were pretty heavy. I was just playing video games and listening to Accept. We're talking about Tolkien. We're getting nerdy. I've uh, I've told people more than once that I feel qualified to teach at least an entry level college class on on. Did you get in there? You taught me tonight. <laughs> in fact, if you're a Tolkien person out there. Hit up Alex. He's got some. Uh, he's got some he's scenes got some behind thoughts. the curtain. He can take you into Oz and show you around. I I said some things about Frodo that. that oh, it that was instantly reaction. He said he said instantly we we like we're fighting. We're fighting now. <laughs> <laughs> I got spirited in the breaks here. We're, on we're lucky to have night. Alex work with. Yeah. to work with. He There's does a great no job. No doubt about it. All right, one eleven to one oh one is your final. Our next broadcast is coming your way Monday night. Jazz will have a home game. Taking on the New Orleans Pelicans here at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.